Schofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Back here at Schofield and Company, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, Hill and his homies edition. That means Justin Watkins is in because it's Wednesday. Welcome in Reno as well. Lots to get into today. We're going to start with some silliness. That's fine. But then we have a lot of very serious things to talk about as well. First of all, before we get started, Justin, how are you today, sir? I'm good. Good. Just fresh back from spending a couple of days in the legislative building. Okay. So I was up in Carson City. Getting the itch know? again? Getting the itch again up there? <laughs> no, like that's it. not how that works. It actually goes the other way. Like like when I get back, trail? Yeah. When I get back up there, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and all I hear from all the other legislators and all my friends up there, they're like, don't Man, do you it. did it right. You did it right. Don't we should it. we should have left too. You got in. You got out unscathed. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's it's funny. Like it just reminded me. Like and you know we just we just talked to Michael Nafta. I thought it was a great conversation. And I I threw the kind of silly question out there of you know he said it's his job to make sure there's no harm done you know to the people of the county. And I said well, is it harmful to have to watch A's baseball every day? And he's like no comment. Like you have to do that as a politician. That sucks. No, I mean, you, I, don't. you don't. You kind of do. You don't, but but like. Y- you know, I, I like Commissioner Napt a lot. Me like too. I, I think he, I think he's a great public servant for us. I think he does a great job. Um, he's not he's not my commission district, but if he I was, I thought I, would, I live like a hundred yards away yeah, from we're his. right there. Yeah. We're right yeah. off. Well, his see, line. the thing is, it, it's one thing to be politically correct and say, "Well, no comment," but he should have said. Yes, it is painful yeah. to watch. That's why they need to come here so we can rebrand them and boom, yeah. and then he turns. Oh, man. Well, I, I was up there for completely unrelated reasons, but okay. if anybody was willing to listen to my rant on the A's, I gave it. And and my whole point was what we kind of talked about before is the the t- temperature in that building based on my two days. is the the. The session's been going on for 90 days, sure. 92 days so far. So, like, I don't have the best temperature on it. But is that that take, it doesn't do harm. It probably brings in tourism and revenue, so it's a net gain. I get that. But if you take it a step further and you say, well, if we assume that we have a choice between expansion or the A's, which then is it do. doing home, which, which, we it, do. which we do, right? I believe we do as well. But then I also say this. There is harm in filling that space with the wrong team. You only get one baseball team. We're not going to get two. You only get one NBA team. And if you get it wrong – and you say, but look at all the tourists who come here to watch their team beat up on the Las Vegas A's. <laughs> Isn't that so good? We sell out these rooms in this stadium for three years for the Yankees to beat up on, on the A's. We get all this tourism. And I say, what is it that has done that the that the Golden Knights did so well in this community? And it is that community pride. And that has to be part of the equation. As a native, that has to be part of the equation. Um, you know, I o- was always envious of people who grew up in Boston, and it's like Red Sox, man. Like, that's part of the identity. Yankees and New York and Dallas and the Cowboys and having that be part of your identity. And we have that now, but we should not just so whimsically give it away to any baseball team who's willing to come here. I don't think that's good enough. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four Number Four How's, how's this for a segue? Uh, what kind of shrimp is good enough? 
Uh, it's National Shrimp Day, Justin. Did you know that? I did not until yeah, I got an email <laughs> a little bit ago. You, you guys know when the National Days is hilarious. Well, we, we, I think we just have a page that just tells Can us you all just send them. me the page? We, we have a website. There's a website. <laughs> yeah. okay. There's a website. Shrimp Day. What's the best shrimp? I, like, I'm a cocktail shrimp guy. I'll just sit there and pound like a bowl. You're watching a bowl game. It's like a perfect, perfect snack. College football. It's I'm, great. I'm a sautéed guy, right. sautéed shrimp, but right. but I'm a big shrimp fan. Me too. Any so shrimp. any shrimp's yeah. good. You know what? If you give me a little ebby shrimp in in a sushi, I'm all about that too. I like yeah. that. That's actually probably my favorite. Grilled is fantastic. Grilled great. Oh, it's yeah. all good. Even popcorn shrimp as a kid, man. Oh, you go go to yeah. Sizzler and oh. you get the all you can eat popcorn First, shrimp. Okay, <laughs> second day in a row Sizzler has come up on the show. We took our friend Miles Simmons when the Raiders played the Rams last year. We went down. We went to Sizzler and he. Listen, he he's very fancy, and okay. he's like, I can't believe you guys like this. And I will say, I don't know that we like it, but there is definitely some reminiscing that goes on of when you were a kid, and that was fancy. That's nostalgia. Yeah. That's of nostalgia yeah. Back, of it. Especially yeah. like when Adam was growing up, or not growing up, but when he got out here, when I was going to school. Well, you're a native. Yeah. When when I was going to school, it like Ricardo's, yeah, Olive Garden, Sizzler. Those were that was a big like. If you took a girl like. If you told your, your boys, man, I took I took her to one of those three places, that was big time. Oh, dude, well, you, that was big. Time. You're talking on the same street. If you just go, to, I, we're, we're talking like Red Lobster was right there. That's <laughs> we yeah. never got to Red Lobster. I never, I, we never got that fancy. But Sizzler on Decatur, Trop and Easter, Trop and Easter, yeah, no, yeah, that was they were all there. Yeah, they were all right there. Sizzler, Ricardo's. No, I'm talking, I'm talking. Decatur, West Side kid. De- you know, Decatur, Decatur, right next to Western well, High School, bro. <laughs> like, I, I covered both. I covered both sides. I lived on both sides. It was one of the first developments in Spring Valley when we got back to Vegas. And before I left, uh, Flamingo didn't stretch past the 15. Yeah. You, could, you couldn't go past the 15. Yeah. You had to get to Spring yeah. Mountain to go west and then shoot over. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I it's it's funny because I pulled some shrimp out, shrimp and some tilapia to cook for uh, the game tonight. So okay. Um, I will most likely uh, skewer it up, throw it on the grill. That's good, too. Yeah. Can't even complain about like, that. Sounds like a lot of work. Number three. Just, that's why the cocktail shrimp. You just take it out of the, take it out of the thing and start pounding it. It's great. Uh, Not shrimp cocktail, but, guys. Cocktail shrimp. Both. Okay. Both. Either one. Okay. Uh, micro betting is is on the horizon. I'll just, I'll, I'll just get into, first of all, should should people around the country be worried about a lot of the stuff that's being caught? I would say, look, we're catching it. It's regulated. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah I think it's. I mean, I think it's good if if nobody was catching anything in all the bettings and in, in all these the new betting laws in all these states, I would be a little bit worried. So yeah, I think there's reason to believe that they're doing a good job. Micro betting would be a lot of like in game kind of stuff. Uh, we did some in Arizona this week. First of all, I made the case, Justin. I know we've got you a little bit into it. It's too much. You were, we were betting first pitch strike, first pitch ball. Like I love it. Nothing's just, too much. It's great. Way too many options available. But I hate the name micro betting. That me that micro betting you're implies just, I'm betting a penny. I know, but you're just betting a lot. You're betting a, a lot. lot of it's times. not micro. It's that, that, that's, that's on, they need a better name. Very small aspects of the game. Yeah, for sure. just like these curveball on the third pitch to yeah, this I, batter I, I do, and whether it goes in play. Right, but I do think. I mean, I do think there is going to be points where. Everybody understands if you're a player, if you're fixing a game, like that's wrong. Yeah. But I think a lot of guys will be like, I can, I can throw a ball on the first pitch. Like, just bet a ball on the first pitch. Like, that's not really hurting anything. Okay. I'll start the count one and oh. Like, I do think there is a part of that that could encourage some shenanigans. Nah, most of the micro betting, I think, is just so quickly. You, like, 
it pops up and you've got 15 well, seconds to make the bet or not. But that's sure. in. But that's also that's also a, a, a piece of in game too. So you the, you could also say, okay, what is this team going to do on their third play of their second possession? Like they like they, the the things that they're going to end up coming up with. Now, what's funny about all this talk in terms of in-game, in terms of micro-betting, what's hilarious is there was an old-school Vegas character. That, now, Adam, I don't know if you remember this name, but our, our good friend Al Liker, and I definitely know him because uh, we used to hang out at the Tap House on Monday nights. Denny Mason was a big-time figure in this town. Big-time gambler, owned a furniture store, did a number of different things. He was involved in telemarketing as well. But he used to literally sit. He'd, he'd pull out a band, okay, which is 10 grand for everybody out there. He'd have his hundreds, and then he'd have stacks of 20s and 10s. And we would be watching Monday Night Football, and he would say, all right, all right, all right. But like the, it, let's say it was a second and eight. They lost three yards. It's now third and 11. He would immediately yell it out. Minus 120, it's going to be this. And everybody was going to be like, I'll take five, I'll take this. And he'd get, throw out the odds. Plus 120. And whatever happened, he'd pay the person right then and there. He they'd go sit in the middle of stadiums and do in-game and micro betting before this was ever a thought. So I can only imagine poor rest in peace, Denny Mason, a big <laughs> Vegas colorful character. If he was still alive, boy, he he he, he was, was way an ahead of his time. Way he should, he ahead should, of he time. He should get some royalties for he sure. He should. They should name it after him. Number two. Denny betting instead of micro betting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Real quick, we can get some golden knife maybe later, but uh, should they be worried about the goaltending situation, Justin? I don't think so. Right, This is right in line with exactly what's been going on all season. But what if he gets hurt? What if Aiden Hill gets hurt? Well, if it's quick, that's why you should be worried. If he gets hurt, then I hope they go to Patera. (laughs) I would would agree. Although, playoff Jonathan Quick. Maybe. You never know. I mean, you, you have to go to Quick. At least for for one game, if that happened, because you know he might get on a heater, and then he's been there before. He's not going to be nervous about it. Uh, so, but I, I think I think we're we're good. we're fine with Aiden. Maybe fine? even better. I, I I don't necessarily think you're wrong about specifically him. I just think the terror that you have to now live with of something happening. I know. That's that's where the concern is. It's not I, as long as he's in, it's fine. I think. Yeah, I agree. But we'll see how that plays out real quick Jonathan quick career numbers 24 11 and 6 2.18 goals against average 920 save percentage against the Edmonton Oilers yeah but he that's this year (laughs) that's not that's Jonathan quick when he could play 15 years ago Look, he had flashes too. I should, we over the joke course of his career, it's not 15 years ago. And everybody always says that those are his career years. numbers. So that means from the start to now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Number one. How would, uh, how would Grant Fuhr be this year? I mean, his career numbers are pretty good too. But I don't <laughs> He's retired, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe people should. Uh, We'll get into the A's, of course, with Justin uh, as we continue here. But um, right now, as far as we know, I again, I haven't checked. Still a Tropicana site, right? I mean, that's that's where we are right now. I I'm, think it could be a new, it could be the Rio site by the end of the show. I'm not an insider, man. I do not have you follow in, it. I, you I know. do not have insight. I you do just not got the temperature of the, the state house. <laughs> I do not, but but I'm not in any of those conversations, right? Like I don't know. You got the, any, you were hanging out at the <laughs> at the local saloon. You were getting the, the temperature. Come on, you know what's going I don't, on. I don't, I don't have any knowledge, but I just can't believe that this 
these changes happening this late in the game are good. Are good. (laughs) And and I don't think that they can rely on a special session to necessarily happen to get this done. We have. I mean, that's that's the plan. The Senate Majority Leader is pregnant. She's gonna be having a baby soon. Oh boy. So like special session is not. I'm just. I don't, I don't have any inside information. I'm just saying, like, there are other things in play that you can't just say, oh, we'll call a special, and it's all going to be taken care of. So you're saying so, the temperature is lukewarm. I don't have a temperature. <laughs> I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying it doesn't sound good, and it doesn't look good. How? I Which mean, means that looks pretty good to me. But you – I agree. <laughs> but how – like – I mean, you were there, not not specifically with this this group, but you know a lot of them. Like, how long would a bill could theoretically just happen in like an hour, right? I mean, you could do that if no, you really had to. No, no. I mean, could they write? I a bill feel there's it? a no, lot of people no, there. No, no, I feel. No. I honestly think there's a lot of people right now, and you know better than you don't know. So you, yeah. you're saying, there's a lot of people that you could just hand them a cocktail napkin and say, "A's, oh, sign yeah, it." That that could, that part can happen, but there's a couple different things. Number one. You or the A's or anybody can't just write up the bill themselves. They they have to go to the Legislative Council Bureau. They got to give them particulars enough for them to actually write the bill. When they write the bill, that has to go through two committees. Because there's a fiscal note on this, it's got to go through the originating committee. And then it's got to go through ways and means. We'll, we'll, we'll continue right? this. We'll continue this conversation. No, so, we'll those two, it. so it's no sure thing. You can't do it in an hour okay. is my whole point. Okay. We'll try to get a little bit more temperature and time and everything and a lot of legal issues. Justin Watkins joins us as he does each and every Wednesday. Cofield and Company continue. Back here rolling along, Cofield and Company. The show just doesn't stop. We just You guys don't hear us for six minutes. We're still talking, discussing what is going on uh, in the sports and legal world around Las Vegas. Justin Watkins joins us as he does each and every Wednesday. <sighs> around Nevada. All the way around Nevada. Yeah. I said Las Vegas. Well, yeah. That's that's fact. Carson City, City, Reno, Reno, Vegas, Elko? Henderson. You had Henderson, kind of commissioner. He's of Henderson Enterprise. Oh, it's, it's Henderson, and it kind of curves around. I mean, he comes into other parts of Clark County, sure. but it's majority Henderson. Sure, Aliante, you cover us all. Yeah, Aliante, not Elko. <laughs> Elko's. I mean, no, stop it. If you got hurt in Elko, <laughs> give me a call. <laughs> what about like Fallon? Yeah, okay. Fallon's great. Oh, like have, you, Fallon. have you been there? I've been to I've been to every city in the state of Nevada for Win- sure. Winnemucca? Oh yeah, tons okay. of times. All right. A couple gold mines up there that I've toured. Underground gold mines. Good restaurant recommendation. Win- Winnemucca, <laughs> the North Star. What's the, where's okay. the what's the ghost town? It's Calico. Oh, is it Caliente? Ca- that's not a ghost town. No, Calico's California. California. No, no. Where's the Tonopah? But that's, that's where fine. you're driving. Goldfield? You're driving north. You stop and there's like a little Goldfield. Is that what? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you can't have a throw some out if you don't know the answer to it. I threw it out with a question. I said, "What's the Fair ghost enough. town?" Lots of them in Nevada, for dude. sure. There's ghost towns everywhere. Las Vegas, we, <laughs> Northwest. In more serious, a lot uh, of bodies business. buried Sorry, out there. I don't, no segue to it. Um, we learned last week Henry Ruggs was going to plead guilty. Now he has pled guilty. I guess what what was the difference? They just stated the, their intention to do it, and now they have actually done it. Right, that's correct. I mean, he. When this is a hearing with the court where he actually pleads guilty and they submit the plea deal, again, that the judge doesn't have to abide by. But what I liked about the developments between last week and this week is a couple things happened that we wanted to happen. We got some clarity that the plea deal does not incorporate the year and a half of 
house arrest. So that was a question we discussed last week. Yeah, too. it said it could be, but I would be surprised if it was. But they could write the plea deal in any way they want. It is not written that way. Okay. So it's minimum three years. That's minimum, no matter what. Serving three years, the house arrest time cannot be included. Maximum of ten years. And then the part I liked is D.A. Wolfson actually came out and said, "Here's why we made the deal. It's." We, we did discuss it with the family. We feel like it provides some closure. It provides them some justice. But we had some concerns about the blood draw and whether or not the court was going to suppress that evidence. Now, the court had ruled continuously along the way in favor of the state or the county versus uh, Ruggs, his team. But that's also, I think, represented in the plea deal. Three to seven is not that great of a plea deal. The, the mandatory minimum for this is two years. The mandatory maximum is 50, right? So we were starting with a range of 2 to 50, and we ended on 3 to 10. So it's not wildly out of line, and but Wolfson gave, us, gave the public an explanation, which I appreciate because you don't always get that yeah. as to why we ended where we ended, and none of it was – well, he's famous, and we don't want to ruin this young man's right. career, and we want him to get out in time for him to play more football. No, there was none of that. It was This was about focusing on justice for the family and what legal practicalities we had to address about going to trial moving forward. You said in there minimum, a minimum of three. That's a minimum of three served or sentenced? Three. He will serve a minimum of three. Okay. But, it, but he can be sentenced. Well, he can be sentenced to anything. Right. Right. But the the plea deal was, hey, three to seven is sort of the guide post that we want you to hear adhere to judge. So the judge can do a three to three to ten. Um, the judge could do ten. Right. Right. Like the judge could do what the, what she wants. It's exclusively on the judge or is there is is precedent basically somewhere in the middle, like like a middle ground in there? Well, I mean, I, I think you're going to see something between three and ten for sure, or maybe just. But I, I, what I mean is, like, is there precedent of like, hey, if it's three to ten, then we're doing seven? Like, is that oh. the is it is that what precedent would call for? Or is it literally just the judge's opinion of like, hey, this case, this should be ten? Yeah, no, I I mean, obviously there is going to the people who practice in front of this judge in the criminal court every day would probably have an idea of how to answer that question. I don't do that. So I, so they may say, oh, yeah, this judge always does X right. when given a plea deal. Or they may say, with this judge, you never know. Well, right? okay, that, I'm not, I'm not yeah. asking for this judge in particular. I guess I'm saying, but like, that's, that's tradi- it, traditionally, it's solely on the judge. It's judge. Yeah, okay. it's judge-specific. Now, there are sentencing guidelines that must be adhered to, but the plea deal incorporates that in. So with three mandatory, they could they could also very easily, the the judge could go high. Let's mm-hmm. say ten with a chance for parole after, but no less than three. They could she could say he she or he could say after five could do six to ten, meaning you have to serve six. The judge could do that, right? The judge could make the minimum of what that person must hmm. serve. serve. Gotcha. So they could do a six to ten, in which case they're going to serve six. And then after six, they are eligible for parole, but no longer than 10. Right. They don't get paroled in between six and 10. Interesting. Justin Watkins. Uh, we'll shift gears into a question I got from a lot of people, and I try to explain this. I try to follow somewhat closely. But I, again, I know everybody makes this stuff political, but there was a case involving the former president. There was a, a, a ruling in the case uh, over the, the jury came back uh, on this case. What exactly is this? Because a lot of people have said, like, Oh, so he's convicted. No, he's not convicted. It's a civil 
He, yeah. It's a civil court, correct? Yep. So there's no conviction. Found liable, which is something that a lot of people learned about, I guess, in the OJ trial where he was right. not guilty in criminal court. He was liable in civil court. So what exactly was found in this case? It's a unique case. This is a, a civil case brought in New York pursuant to a statute that came into effect a couple years ago that basically opened up all past sexual assault transgressions that had long had statute of limitations uh, run and they had a year to file. You could if you if you had been assaulted or raped 15 years ago and you believe you have the evidence, then they triggered a date and you had a year and you could bring it back. Um, and that's what happened in this case. In addition to the sexual assault that allegation, there was a defamation action because she had written about this. Right. And uh, Trump had not only denied it, but basically said, I don't even know who this person is. And, you know, in true Trump fashion, sort of sort of um, characterized her as money hungry, exploitist, doesn't sure. even know this person. And so politically motivated. She won on the on the allegation of sexual assault and defamation. She did not win on the proof of rape. So the difference and the distinction between those two in New York law is whether or not penetration occurred. Okay. So, okay. The, so that we learned that. Um, I wanted to get not specifically into what happened in the trial, but there, I think we've talked about in the past. Um, I think when I was a kid, somebody, even my parents or grandparents, somebody watched Matlock a lot. And I feel like on that show... There was like a lot of moments in the courtroom of like ah, aha, those don't actually happen. I mean, right? they they can, but they shouldn't. If you've done your job, then everything that happens in court is already known. It is to some extent a choreographed performance. Sure, but but <laughs> I'll say this: um, no matter how much preparation you do with some witnesses, they they can't. <laughs> regurgitate it in the same sure. fashion when they're in court as they could outside of court and so there does certainly become some surprise moments that were not so, planned and so in this in this case it wasn't in the court it was in deposition but the defense was hey of course i didn't sexually assault her she's not my type and then he identified this woman as believing she was his former wife in a photo which is like oh she's not your type but you married her mm -hmm. like it's that's who what what's going on there that that has to be a nightmare for a lawyer. Like, the lawyer has to sit there and just put their head in their hands, like, "Oh my God, what just happened?" Right? I mean, yeah. What is that? Yeah, I mean, the, now those moments happen all the time before you get to trial, right? Where in deposition or something, it's it's out there, and you're like, "Oh gosh, okay, how are we going to deal with this?" And you got a year to figure it out, and you you do your best that you you can under the situations. But I mean, I would much rather know what the problem is before I get there than have the problem sure. arise in real time. So you're preparing for like, okay, we know this happened in deposition. We have to figure out how to explain yep. why this happened in deposition and why we got this wrong. Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Crazy. Craziness. And uh, I did get a lot of questions about it. Uh, a lot of a lot of um, stories yesterday about the Tiger Woods uh, girlfriend case. She is alleging that the, the fact that they have a non-disclosure agreement shouldn't apply. It, they're supposed to go to arbitration, right? That's... They had a agreement in place that anything that had, they had to litigate would go to arbitration. She said this this is something that violated all of that, and it should go to a court instead. Uh, the stories are saying, look, the judge is basically not believing any of this thing. Go to arbitration. Go to arbitration. Is that 
do you feel like that's where it's going or from the reporting is that just a case of like the judges really putting them through a, a challenge before they were going to make they would make a decision oh 100 percent this is going to arbitration you did a good, okay. good synopsis so what happens is if you have you and i have an agreement and then we have a dispute about that agreement and one of the terms of our agreement says any disputes will be arbitrated you are not supposed to go to court first you're supposed to go to arbitration first and if you think that it, the arbitration provision is null or void for any particular reason and that this part of the dispute is not governed by the contract and that we should be in court you actually go to arbitration first and the arbitrator decides whether it is arbitrable or not and that's the first thing this judge said is like why is this here you're asking me to determine whether the arbitration clause is enforceable but isn't that an issue for the arbitrator <laughs> right, right and they're kind of like well i understand but but we think this one's different because federal law has looked down upon these ndas uh, and, and the judge wasn't having that the judge is like this isn't really an nda this is an this is this isn't this isn't that it's part of an nda it's a it's a clause but the, the, there's other terms here that are being governed so absolutely this i mean 99% sure, based on the transcript there, this thing's going to arbitration. Justin, 766-1400 around the state of Nevada? That's you. correct. There 702 south, 775 up north. There you go. We'll continue. Justin Watkins, Cofield & Company on a Wednesday. Back here, Cofield & Company wrapping things up with Justin Watkins. Eddie Johnson, former Suns guard, joins us in a few minutes to talk about what is going on in that series as they are up against it. Uh, in their effort to advance here with their super team against Denver. A uh, couple of more topics to get to with Justin, including an NFL story. Matt Ariza drafted by the Bills, former San Diego State punter uh, last year, was not there long when a accusation came out uh, of sexual assault involving him and several other players and students at San Diego State. He was released, was not signed by anybody else, uh, a delayed start, I guess, to his football career. Now it, now it has come out that during this accusation, first of all, the details of this are very troubling for what happened at this party, but apparently he wasn't there when the accusation took place. He had, just to give you the idea of what happened, he had allegedly had sex with this woman earlier in the night, then she had sex with another player, and then was allegedly raped by several after that. So there was three different incidents uh, that occurred that evening, uh, and she was 17. Uh, so there was a lot that was going on in this, but the findings of the investigation were that he was not present. So I guess where does this go? What happens next? And what I guess re what recourse does he have in that he's already lost out on a year of his career, and it might be tough for him to ever play? This is it's, it's a troubling set of circumstances. When you read through the findings that the – um, investigators have to publish pursuant to law there, which we never get here, right? So you know exactly what their interviews were. You know what their summaries are. You know what the transcripts are. And so the San Diego police did um, – they interviewed over 34 witnesses. They produced a report that's 200 pages long about what their findings are and then also provided a, a recording and a transcript of them explaining their findings to this woman and her attorney. And what we know is that a lot of this night is captured on, on film. Which, by the way, incredibly disturbing because not like nobody can watch it right. because she's underage. So there's underage. recordings of this incident happening, but she's underage. And part of the findings were also that a numerous times she said, 
I'm 18. Well, I'm well 18 that was the night before. Yeah, yeah. So the night before, she was at a different party. Right. But it was out there that she was 18. So she was telling people on, and it's caught on camera once that she was 18. The, the time caught on camera was the night before, or the party night before. At this particular party, other witnesses said right. she was going around and saying, and she they was used 18. the recording from the night before yes. to say, "Look, you were probably saying it that night too." If you said it, the if night you were before. walking in saying that, right. and the allegation is that you know basically she got to the party, hadn't been there for very long, and uh, Ariza was outside under his testimony urinating on the side of the house, and she came up and performed a sexual act, yeah, and then went back into the party and sort of bragged about it, then grabbed another football player and had a sexual act. This was caught on camera. And um, to the prosecutor's analysis, not prosecutor, I'm sorry, the investigator's analysis, there is nothing there to support anything other than consensual interaction. And then the allegation of the two or three men with her upstairs in the bedroom occurred hours later after the investigators believe that Ariza had left. And they have film of that interaction as well, which they don't believe was anything other than consensual. And so there have been no criminal charges pressed against anybody, but that does not prevent her from moving forward with her civil claim. What's tough for Ariza is he doesn't get access to some of this exculpatory video evidence, at least without a court order, because she's underage, and he might not be able to fully defend himself. So a lot of different angles here. I feel for him. Um, I hope the football teams can see past this and he gets another chance. 766-1400, why should people call you? I mean, we know why. why? What? When uh, should people call you? They should call us anytime that okay. they think that they may need an attorney. And if it's not us, we'll tell you who it should be. And if it's not a thing for an attorney, we'll tell you that it's not. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Great, great stuff. As always, we'll continue. Eddie Johnson next. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez here. Continuing to break down all things going on in the sports world. There's certainly a lot going on in Las Vegas, but the NBA playoffs are heating up. Certainly the Suns Nuggets series is coming down to it. Not a great game for the Suns last night. We want to get into what is going on with them. Eddie Johnson, former Sun, he calls the games. You can hear him on the NBA Today Show on Sirius XM as well. How you doing, sir? We'll get him in a sec. I think we're just having a connection issue real quick. We'll uh, We'll catch up with him now. Briefly, we hope, so we can get a little bit of better connection with him. Uh, but yeah, the Suns last night. We'll uh, get into it with him. Uh, Eddie, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. You good, so? good, good. Uh, I, I guess what what is your assessment so far of the series? I mean, obviously Denver is very, very good, but I think a lot of people expected the Suns uh, to come in here and kind of assert their will a little bit. Uh, what have you thought about how the Suns have played? Well, I mean, I think both teams are pretty much equally met. And when you get that, and you know, you're going to get close games. Obviously, Denver has had a couple of uh, big-time wins against the Suns in the series. Other, other games have been pretty close. Uh, and, you know, look, it, it's, it's just down to who wants it the most, right, and the, and the great rhythm of the game. What we have is two tremendous players setting all-time runs right now in Devin and, and Jokic. Obviously, KD is KD, averaging 31. Uh, Denver with Jamal Murray, he's played well this, this series. So it's really, I think, come down 
to the benches, right? So the Suns at home got good production from their benches, won two games. Uh, Denver, especially yesterday, got great production off of their bench from two players, really. Uh, and But uh, Bruce Brown with 25 points off of the bench was huge. And then 19 points for Michael Porter Jr. Uh, was, was great for Jokic and didn't have to force Jokic to go for 50, right, this time. Uh, he still played a tremendous game. So I think that's been the difference in the series, somebody jumping up that you don't expect. And now the Suns got to win two in a row. They got to come home. They'll be in their environment. Uh, and I uh, look for them to probably win that game. But then you got to go to Denver for game seven. So it's not going to be easy. Eddie, the, we've seen this Suns team show resiliency throughout the season and dealing with different injuries to the lineup right now without Chris Paul. I know he worked out today, um, left groin strain. Coach Monty Williams uh, said after the practice that nothing has changed, so his status is still the same, not necessarily encouraging. But because this team has showed resiliency without its superstars at different times during the season, can it – can it prevail? Can it can it get by without Chris Paul in the long run? Well, they have enough. They have enough to be able to do it. Uh, but it's going to take a ton of guys doing some some excellent work and then maybe going above board. That's how you make up for a tremendous player that's out of the lineup. And so campaign has really had not had a, a good game yet in that regard to what I would expect from him. Uh, I thought definitely in this series he would put up something around 15 to 18 in a particular game that would give the Suns an advantage. That hasn't happened yet, so hopefully he's got, you know, obviously one more chance, and then if they win, they have another one after that. Uh, So, you know, other guys just have to step up, man, and that's just the way you look at it. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, can he step up and have a significant offensive output? You know, to where the stat line is not as dominant, you know, as it's been in regards to, you know, Jokic's points compared to his. So it's just all those things and how you win a playoff game. Like, it's all about just getting the W. That's all it is. And the Denver Nuggets so far, they've done the best at, at getting three wins. And so now the Suns have their serve at home, and they have to try to push this to a seven-game series. I hate analyzing things based on results, but I'll do it in this case anyway. If the Suns lose this series, was the trade a mistake? No. No way. It's never a mistake to get an all-time great. It might, you know, getting traded midway during the course of the season to a team is not always easy. Now the Lakers are making it look easy <laughs> based on the based on the additions that, they, that they've done. But, you know, it's not always easy. And, you know, so heck no. I mean, Kevin Durant is always in shape. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I know probably with his body type is going to play to he's 40 and he's going to play at a very good level. So, no, I think you roll the dice. When you have a chance to win, I think you roll the dice. The Suns couldn't win a championship with the group that they had. And, and so I think you continue to try to build and see if you can get onto a superstar, and they got one for Devin. And I think those two eventually will have their chance. Eddie Johnson joining us, breaking down a little bit what's going on with the Suns and Nuggets. Uh, as you watch the series, I mean, you've seen Jokic play plenty, but as you're watching the series closely, what what do you do? How, what do you do against Did you just let him get his and just not let him pass? Because he really beats you when he's passing, but he can also score so well. Yeah, I think you do that. I think, you know, he's going to get his points. You know, that system is pretty much built around him. And with his great skills that he has, he's able to take that take that system and make it work. 
And so he's always going to get his numbers. He touches the ball pretty much every time down the floor. Uh, and he can put that orange ball in the basket. <laughs> so he's going he's gonna to he's gonna have his numbers. And so, you know, I don't want people looking at DeAndre Ayton and saying, man, he's giving you these numbers, why can't you? Well, DeAndre Ayton doesn't get the touches he gets. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to get the shots he gets. So he just has to defend, try to keep his numbers down as best he can, and then score when he can, uh, and hopefully maybe get a foul or two on him. That's all you can do. But I don't think Jokic can beat the Suns by himself. Like, the games that they have won in this series, they've gotten tremendous help. In game one, uh, Jamal Murray had a huge game to get 34 points. Game two, Contavious Caldwell Pope hit two big threes late in that game to be able to steal the win for him. Okay? And then the third victory, yeah, Jokic had a great triple-double, but really, Bruce Brown off the bench, 25 points, and Michael Porter Jr., 19. That was the difference. And so... Yeah, so I don't think we, we worry about Jokic more so than the other guys and not allow them to have huge games. Speaking with Eddie Johnson, former Suns guard, current Suns commentator, co-host, NBA Today Show on Sirius XM. Uh, Eddie, so you you recently uh, celebrated a birthday uh, about a week or so ago, and you, you had an extensive career in the NBA. You, you just commented off the Suns lose – um, that it was well worth it to still go get Durant. I want to sort of feed off of Giannis's comments after their series and your thoughts, old school guy from from with like I said an extensive NBA career. Your thought process on if the Suns were to lose to the Nuggets, top seed in the Western Conference, two part is does that mean that this season was a failure? Or do you agree with somewhat of what Giannis had to say and said in that there's no such thing? I think every time you don't achieve a goal, it's a failure hmm. uh, to, to a certain level. I don't think I would be where I am today if I didn't hurt after something didn't go my way. Yeah. Like, I hurt. I, I mean, and, and that's just the way I was brought up. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in second place. I don't believe in the consolation prize. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll accept it. I'll appreciate it. But I guarantee you it's not on my damn trophy shelf. (laughs) (laughs) Great great point. You know, like, look, for me, look, I lived in Greece for a year. I understand the mentality of of a foreigner as they, you know, are trying to understand our mentality over here. Like, I didn't didn't agree totally with Giannis was saying uh, because it was a failure for them this year. It was. They had the best record in the league. They lost to an eighth seed in the first round. That doesn't happen. It's a failure. But it's okay. Like, just because somebody says it's a failure doesn't mean they're disrespecting you. It doesn't mean that you're not good. It just means that particular thing right there that you were chasing for 82 games and playoffs, through injury, through disappointment, all of that, it didn't end like you expected it to. It's a failure. I mean, I, I you know, I, and I know people jumped on it and they like, oh, that was so great. No, whatever, kick rocks, man. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not buying that. Like, I never allow my son to bring a second place trophy in the house. No, that. no. Like, we're in this day and age where it's okay. Let little Johnny travel. It's okay. 
<laughs> he can he can dribble twice. No, he can't. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, like you know, and, and that's just the way I was brought up. People don't like it. So be it. I, I I'm successful in thinking that way, and I'll continue to think that way. <laughs> Great. Great stuff. Uh, I was down there Sunday night uh, when the uh, the Nuggets and Suns were down taking place in Phoenix. That atmosphere is great, man. People are loving this team. I know they don't love the result right now, being behind, but uh, the city's really embracing this team. They're really behind it. It seems like a fun time around these Suns games. Well, you know, look, the, the Suns are, are, are Phoenix's baby. All due respect to all the other professional teams that are there now, the Suns were uno. And the, everything stops with the Suns. And, and so you see it when you go to, you know, go to the arena and you go to Footprint Center and you see it. Uh, these fans want a championship. They want that opportunity for a championship. And if Denver beats the Suns tomorrow, trust me, they're going to have to play their butt off because those fans are going to try to get the best out of the Suns and not allow that to happen. And so, and that's how it is in Denver. So uh, there's so many fan bases now in this league that are really showing up. And they're really helping their teams, man. And and I love it because you're talking to a guy at one point in time when I was playing, we were lucky to get 3,000 people in the other game. And then when the game started, they told everybody to come down to the front row. So, and that was in the NBA. So, you know, it's just progress to a point, man, where you really appreciate it and you really respect the fans for coming out because it's not cheap. And they still come out and they cheer every night. And I know you've seen the uh, the other teams around the West. Are the Warriors done? I, you know, you know, you never count out a champion. You just don't. Uh, it looks like it, but I, you know, you can't buy into it because I think a lot of people thought, and I thought that Sacramento would get them, and they didn't. Uh, how many years did we think San Antonio was done, and they always was in our face? <laughs> so you know, you just don't. And anytime you get champions, man, they're back against the wall. They're going to fight. They know how to fight. Like, they don't want failure, right? You're going to ask me, is Steph Curry not going to think this is failure this year if they don't win it back-to-back? <laughs> yeah, he is. So they're going to come out and they're going to fight. And, and so I expect nothing of, of the less from them. And if the Lakers win, they're going to have to play a tremendous game. Awesome stuff. We thank you. Enjoy the rest of the series. Hopefully uh, <laughs> it's not one game. Hopefully there's, there's two games left to go in that series for you guys. We really appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Anytime, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks so much, Eddie Johnson. Great stuff. Here I'm on the broadcast and uh, following the Suns. Big series with the Suns and the Nuggets. Game six coming up tomorrow. Warriors and Lakers. Hopefully there's a game six and a game seven. We'll stay tuned for that. Continue. From Cofield and Company as we get set. We have no second place trophies in this room. We don't. Not in this studio. We don't. Neither win or you fail. Mostly no trophies. Yeah, so so, 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 so we're all failures, and we all kick rocks. I don't see a single one anywhere. That's all right. We'll continue. Ari's kind of like our trophy. Still some VGK to get to. <laughs> some other stuff as well as we continue on a Wednesday. Cofield and Company.